This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. You listen to the West Amway podcast with Dave and X. Oi, oi. Hello and welcome to the West Ham Way podcast with myself, Dave Walker, and XWHU employee. Thank God for that. Today we can reflect on a much-needed win against Wolves, and we'll be talking about that performance, two quality goals, the versatility of carer, and light at the end of the tunnel for Suchek before previewing the Anderlecht game, previewing the Fulham game, getting news from X, and answering questions from patrons of the West Ham Way. X, Saturday was a must-win game, and praise be Jesus, we did win. What are your thoughts on what was a big three points against Wolves? Yeah, I mean, as you said, the most important thing was getting the three points, and obviously we did that, but I actually thought in passages we played really well. I mean, of course, there was a few things we could have done better. People keep throwing the possession statistic at me when I said I was pleased at West Ham, um, but I thought going forward, there were some really good play, bits of play, um, some really good interchanges between Scamacca and Bowen and, and a few others. I actually thought we created quite a few good opportunities, and what was Probably the most pleasing was that a number of the out-of-form players actually played really well, I thought. And I thought Bowen was back to his best, probably my man of the match, Bowen. Um, I thought Scammer coming, I know he's not been out of form. He's not really had a chance as such in the league, but I thought he took his chance really well. I thought Kerr at right back is, you know, it's, it's almost a bit frustrating that it took him playing well for Germany for us to try him out there. But uh, he, he, I thought he's been really good at right back. And I'm going to hold my hands up and I'm going to say, it and I'll check you. <laughs> I've been begging for this. I knew your alter ego would be pleased with that. I'm not, <laughs> what I'm about to say, but uh, you know, I'm an honest guy. I give opinions as I see it. And I actually thought he would probably have been my second behind Bowen. He was the second best player. I thought Suchek actually had a very good game, to be fair to him. And hopefully that is the platform for you, him, whoever I talk to <laughs> nowadays uh, to, to, to kick on and actually build on that performance because I thought he did well. 
Yeah, I, listen, there was so much pressure, I think, on the boys going into that game, weren't there? Mm. Um, and it was always going to be a difficult game because really every game in the Premier League is difficult. And when you take into account that we'd scored three Premier League goals going into this game and we've got two in one and a clean sheet, I actually thought it was a pretty solid performance. It, it was far from perfect, but I didn't expect it to be, though I did expect to win. And that's what we got. And really, that's all that mattered. Mm. Um what more can we say? I mean, you look at the goals, uh, fantastic, absolutely oh, fantastic. Brilliant. I mean, first um, one's amazing, I think. Oh, God, yeah. But um, I mean, it was really good to see Bowen get his goal because I think he needed that. It was yeah. a great goal. But talking of great goals, we've got to talk about that one from Scamsey. My mate Scamsey. Yeah. How good was that? <laughs> Is that what we're calling him now? Scamsey? <laughs> well, it's what I call him. No one else does. Uh, okay, Sounds like say. a grime artist, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> or someone that's going to con you out of a few fives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's quite rare. To uh, to give an affectionate nickname to someone that's going to scam you, but I can see where you're coming from. Yeah. <laughs> I reckon that scams you on the phone, you know. Just <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but great uh, goal, though, mate, wasn't it? Yeah, brilliant, mate. I mean, he took it brilliantly. I thought great finish. Like, I was interested to hear what Deccan Rice said after the game, where he said that he gets well news like every week in training, and that he's got the <laughs> hard, hardest um, shot that he's ever seen in a player. Now, mm. you know, saying that West Ham doesn't <laughs> isn't the greatest <laughs> achievements, but uh, we remember Deccan's played for England, so you yeah. know, he's, he's been there with like. I guess Harry Kane and all the other forwards and midfielders that he's played with there. So to get that praise from him is is a, is big is big. And I think you know it was a, a really good finish. I think his hold up play was good. I think he was clever. Some of the runs he made, some of the passes he made, and I think already he's showing a lot of potential to be a very 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 good player. Um, I mean, I don't want to wax lyrical too early, but. I mean, the most exciting I think I've ever been um, in a long time about an out-and-out forward that we've had at the club um, was Dean Ashton. And at the moment, in his very early days, he's beginning to show early signs that he could be a similar and as successful player as him. So yeah, come, I can see that. With the injury, but uh, yeah, mm. aside from that, I think, yeah, he's looking really good. It's the hold-up play, the fight that he's got, the physical build, as well as the sort of intelligence and finishing, I think. No, we could have a real gem here. I mean, the fact that Paris Saint-Germain really wanted to sign him and you know, Juventus, Milan, Inter all looking at him. He's still young. You know, 23, Italian international. I think I don't want to get too carried away, but I think we could be onto something here. No, I agree. I totally agree. And I actually... I thought he was going to get the assist because it was a quality ball through to Jared, wasn't it? Um, yeah. And when it ended up back to him, the way he adjusted his feet, that little flick before he hit it, and the technique behind the strike was just different class. And uh, as you know, I was due to go to the game, but I wasn't well. So after the pre-match event, which was brilliant, by the way, so thanks to everyone that attended that, I went straight home, grabbed a blanket and watched it on the sofa with my little girl. And uh, when he scored, fuck me, I nearly fractured my skull on the ceiling. I was buzzing, absolutely <laughs> buzzing. What a strike. And uh, you, you see that actually in um, in in his real clips, because as we often do as West Ham fans, if we're linked with uh, uh, a name that we don't know or we've just signed someone, you, you kind of go to his the highlight reels on YouTube, isn't it? And he has, yeah. he has got that in his locker. So to hear Declan say that as well does make sense. And it is great to have a player that will have a go from outside the box. Mm. I think it's something we've missed for a long time at West Ham, actually. So, yeah. uh, so no, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And equally, from a technical standpoint, Jared's goal was superb as well. So entertaining stuff at the London Stadium. Um, X, I, I've got to say, 
uh, going back to Tom, I don't think I've spoken to one West Ham fan that thinks Moyes should be sticking with him. It has been a bit of a head scratcher for most of us. But that said, it, it paid off against Wolves, didn't it? I mean, on the back of a decent performance, do you still think he should be dropped? Or is that is that the starting point now for more consistency from a player that actually has been good for West Ham since he signed this season aside? Right, I'd say and a bit of and last season as well, but I, I mm. think, um, I think he, um, yeah, you can't drop him now. I mean, what the the whole point is, you want your players to be on form. If you if he then goes and plays a game like that where he has been on form and he's played well, and then you drop him next week, whereas you didn't drop him before when he was off form, it just sends the complete wrong message from me. I think now, mm. but on the back of that performance, he has to start the next league game. You know, you could argue don't play him in Europe in the in the week because obviously there's going to be rotation but against Fulham next next Sunday unless there's injuries then it has to be Rice and Suchik exactly as it was um against Wolves because he for me as I said behind Bowen I think he was more, and possibly Kerra was it it was you know a close run as well I thought I thought he played really really well he was getting all over the pitch he defended well he won a few challenges brilliantly he actually was making good runs into the box attacking wise it was like the old Suchik we saw in the first season so I'm hoping hoping that that is the now the kick on to him to rekindle some form and you know we got a a, a classic message from him on the uh on the oh, Sunday do you know how many people tag me in that by the way <laughs> I know, I can oh my me. god I know, it was, it's just, it's such a, i don't know what it is like the way he talks i know he's like foreign so it's obviously not his first language and stuff but he just <laughs> says like i don't know how to explain he just sounds like a child i think like you know it's just really strange what he says and stuff isn't it do you know what though i might have to knock this on the head right because b- before this becomes a thing i don't want to damage his reputation right and 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 what i'm thinking obviously what i'm about to say is on a much grander scale but when keith lemon started taking off craig david yeah <laughs> genuinely genuinely it tarnished his reputation the real craig david it was a real problem for him it was jason <laughs> lee on fantasy football do you remember it, He's got exactly exactly so, his head. you know if if that happens to suchek and i'm the one responsible i won't be able to fucking live with that so i'm gonna have to seriously think you know when you look at the amount of people that were tagging me tom must have looked at him thinking who is this why is he doing pressure of me uh so I, I might have to think about the future of this impression you know I, I, for I his do, well-being I do think, though, because you are asked so many times, you are going to have to say, I will clap for you because you yeah, are. No. I think you are going to have to say that, mate, because if you don't, the patrons are going to be disappointed. Yeah, I know. I will clap for you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God do bless you. Know him. I do well. love him. I do love Tom. I what, do, but I. But I can't take his interview seriously now. I just really can't because <laughs> all I do is just picture you and picture and picture my arguments with like him stroke you on the page. And like I just can't take it seriously now. Like he can literally be giving yeah. a heartfelt, you know, a plea to Vladimir <laughs> Vladimir Putin to end the war, and I still would find it funny. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I just can't. I just can't take it seriously. Yeah, this is what I'm worried about. This is yeah. what I'm worried about. So maybe, I don't know. maybe you should. 
carry on with the Harry Kane impressions on that note. <laughs> make sure make sure you do a different one of those every week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't care about Harry Kane. Yeah, That's what I mean. So carry on. What the fuck happens to him? So yeah, exactly. Destroy yeah. his career. Okay, mate. So yeah, might have to go back to the whiteboard on this one. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, um, but but Tom had some impressive stats, but he also gave the ball away the same amount of times as Bowen and Bequetta, and actually gave the ball away less than Declan. Yet after that performance, still seems to get a bit of stick from some. Are we running the risk of making him a bit of a whipping boy? Because the criticism this season has been justified, to be fair. But if fans are knocking him when he's doing well, is that not unhealthy? It is unhealthy. And this is the problem with with some fans is that once they've cast their opinion, they almost feel like you can't retract that opinion. You know, I'm not I'm not retracting my opinion based upon one get well, I think he's had a couple of other decent bits in games prior yeah. this season, but mainly one game. I'm not gonna change my opinion completely. You know, I don't I'm not sitting here saying Suchek's back. We no, of the, course not. But, but what I'm saying is, on the basis of that performance, you can't drop him. And these fans need to give players the chance to turn the, the, their performances around. I mean, ultimately, we are supporters. By definition of the word support, I mean, that, that means you encourage, you you get on the side of, you know, you, you try and help out someone or something. And in this case, it's Suchek, you know, he... He ha- he has been off form. There's no two ways about it. But he did play well. He did play mm. well, no doubt. So you have to you have to back back him and hope that this will continue. I mean, if you look over West Ham's history with certain players, you know, take like Carlos Tevez for example. You know, I don't think really. You know, people try and argue he did, but really, uh, until he scored that first goal against Tottenham in, in his spell there, I don't think he really performed for West Ham. So if West Ham fans had just refused to accept him to start with, then he would have been. Then he would. Then he would never have gone on to achieve what he did. And throughout the throughout the time at West Ham, there has been players like that that West Ham fans will not change their mind on. You know, Frank Lampard Jr. Yes, at West Ham. He wasn't the Frank Lampard that Chelsea then got, but he clearly had the potential to to be that because he did it at Chelsea. Again, you know, although there was sort of a bit more to it than that, but we got on his back quite early on and stuff. And I just think Suchek, yeah, you know, I've been one of his biggest critics and I probably started criticising him way before anyone else. You know, like I started back last season, hence why I've had so many arguments on this patron with him. <laughs> so, you know, like, so I, I, I am probably one of his biggest critics, but you can't lie. He played well um, um, Saturday. So on the on that basis, he plays against Fulham. You hope that he's going to play well again. And if he does, you praise him and you hope that he can continue this form and, you know, get back to the, the player that won Hammer of the Year two years ago. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, like we're saying, consistency is key in it. At this level for West Ham, you can't have one good game and then go and have three bad ones. It's just not good enough. So hopefully, like with Jared this season, uh, a good performance can do wonders for confidence, momentum, and then that consistency will follow. That's what we hope anyway, because, you know, I think we love Tom as a bloke and Tom loves West Ham. So for him on a human level, I want him to do well. Um, Mm. But obviously for my football club, I want him to do even better. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. X, for me, signing of the season so far is Tilo Kera. I mean, with the exception of a little wobble against Brighton, I think he's been superb. And he also has versatility. I'm sure you'll agree that he's done a great job at right back, a position that he plays for Germany. Would you keep him there going forward? Yes, yeah, I would. And, and the thing is as well, that that links in with the fact that Dawson returned and I thought Dawson played really, really well as well. And it was great to have his like presence back and his calming influence. Mm. So mm. you're not going to drop Zuma. So Dawson, for Dawson to play, you need to move Kerra out or centre back for him too. So it's almost like a double bonus. You get a good right back out of it. And you also, not that Kerra was a bad centre back, he wasn't, but you get Dawson back in the team. And I thought Kerra played really, really well at right back. And, you know, he's done it for Germany there. He's done it for Paris Saint-Germain there. Most of his career actually has been more at right back than centre back when you look through his statistics. And you don't play that many times. I always say this, like with players, you don't play that many times for Germany and for Paris Saint-Germain and in the in the Bundesliga um, if you're no good. You know, you, you like it's like when people say, "Oh, when I don't want Lingard when he was at, when the first time when he was at Manchester United, he's no good. Oh, I don't want Giroud, he's no good." You know, mm. if you look through players who've been linked with from the top clubs, people always say, "Oh, he's not that good," because they're not doing perhaps that well at that moment in time for a top club. You know, and usually that top club's going through a difficult time anyway, where none of their players are. If you've been good enough to play for these clubs numerous times, then you are a good player because managers and fans and the other players around you would dig you out massively if you weren't. So he's, he's I, I agree, signing of the season, not necessarily just for West Ham. I'd say across the football league. You know, we saw we gotta take into consideration is that we sold Issa Diop. We sold him for about fifteen million. Mm. And from memory, we paid less for Kara. Mm. So, you know, so you put it into that context and it makes it seem an even better signing. He is versatile. He can play right back, centre back, left back, and he's even as a defensive midfielder. And the the guys I sat next to um, on Saturday, um, who, um, I'm really sorry, I forgot their names, top lads, though, they come to our event. um, And and we chatted for a lot um, next to each other on Saturday. He was saying things, Carol will ultimately end up as a defensive midfielder. I'm not entirely sure whether I agree or not, but you can see why he would say that, because he's got all the qualities. So, yeah, I thought he played really, really well. Again, going into the Fulham game, I I don't think you you changed that team. The only obvious, obvious... problem you've got is a Cornet and whether he's going to be fit enough or not. So Fornells came on for him early on the 30th minute, 33rd minute, whatever it was. So you bring on, I think you just put Fornells in for Cornet if that's the case and you just go with that team and really that team should beat Fulham. You know, they've just lost 4-1 to Newcastle at home. Um, and 
and we should we should beat them regardless of that. So, so yeah, Kara, everything you said there, signing of the season, brilliant player, gonna be a fan's favourite. Buzzing, buzzing that I broke that transfer exclusively as yeah. well. So that was I, mean, I was the first person to name him, and I think that that's um, exciting in itself for me because uh, you know I was I wasn't even sure who he was when I named him, um, but it was you know it was it was a good one, and he's like I say, you can't you can't. Um, you can't fault the guy. One little incident against Brighton, but other than that, he's been superb. And yeah, love him, love him. And I think you know, he's I think he's the player that's made the most amount of appearances for Germany in their qualification campaign for the World Cup. You know, again, mm. you know, Mug does that for Germany. No, do you know what? Whilst it's an incredible signing for West Ham, I think it's a strange one when you break it down because. You know, he's no shrinking violet. People know who he is. PSG paid big money for him. He's a German international, and Germany are no mugs. How have West Ham signed him? And how have we signed him for around £10 million? It kind of don't really make sense, does it? Why was he not flooded with offers when PSG were prepared to let him go? Yeah, I don't know, mate. I can't answer that. I mean, you know, I'm looking at his career now. Um, you know, he was he played 85 times and scored four goals in four years for Paris Saint-Germain. So he obviously played, you know, quite frequently for them. And since 2018, he's played 22 times for Germany, you know. And so, yeah, I, I just don't get it, mate. I really don't. You know, maybe... Maybe we we paid him more wages than other clubs were willing to. I, I don't know the reason, but it was it was funny because you know Aguerd was obviously a target ahead of him, um, and then there was other targets that were ahead of him before before we signed him. And I guess Paris Saint Germain maybe they brought in a couple of players and they thought right well he's surplus to requirements now. And West Ham just happened to be there at the right place at the right time. I, I don't really know the ins and outs. I know when I found out. I um, because we were we were gonna sign um, I can't remember now someone I can't remember who it was and in the summer because we get linked with so many people and then that did that just didn't happen and um and then I got given the names of by Manchester United, him Kerra and um, Cody. And I think we were we were trying to sign Cody before we signed Kerra. I'm pretty sure, um, from memory. And then um, and then obviously he went to Everton, being a scouser, and they promised him to start every game. And then Kerra's availability came up, and um, and uh, yeah, we moved and we got him. It's a phenomenal bit of business, that especially like you say when you put it into the perspective of selling this Diop for about 15 million, and then bringing someone like Kerra in for 10. I mean, that's shrewd. That's shrewd yeah. business, that. And uh, I think he's going to go on to be a really big player for West Ham. Buzzing with that signing. Well, 15% of our patrons gave Tilo man of the match, but it was Skamaka that won it with 49% of the vote, followed by Jared Bowen with 21%. And that win against Wolves also saw the second of Bruno Lager. And Brendan Rodgers might not be far behind him if he doesn't get a win tonight. Seven games, six defeats and one draw. Um, I think that'll be a lively game against Forrest with Cooper also under pressure as well. This show is brought to you by Green King, your home of pub sport. With over 900 sports pubs around the country, Green King is where the fans go, showing every broadcasted game for West Ham. Head down to your nearest pub and you can enjoy every live sporting event from BT and Sky Sports on tap. If you download the Green King season ticket app, you can receive a free drink when you register and 10% off a great range of drinks before, during and after any match. So head to the app store and search season ticket to download the app. When registering, 
if you use the promotional code West Ham Way, which is all one word in capital letters, you'll get an additional £5 off when you spend £15 on drinks. Green King, it's where the fans go. Your home of pub sport. And Alex on Thursday, mate. We travel there on Wednesday, back on Friday. Are you looking forward to the trip? Uh, buzzing, mate. I'm actually really excited about this because I, uh, part of it, part of the travelling is always sport. But I mean, sport for me a little bit is the flying. I just don't like yeah. flying. I don't like, I just don't like, there's always delays, it seems. And I just don't like the hassle of it. And I always, there's a part of me that doesn't actually like flying that much. So to be going on the train to Belgium, I've only ever been to Belgium very, very briefly. Um, so it's a new, I have been there, but it's not I'm not really so it's nice to explore a new country i've heard brussels is meant to be um really nice so excited to go there um and it's a big club as well so um it's probably up there with you know leon and seville really in terms of frankfurt in terms of size of club we're going to it's meant to be a big big stadium so yeah looking forward to looking forward to some belgian beers some Belgian mm. chocolate, maybe. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, happy days. I'm excited. And if we can get a win there, because Anderlecht lo- lost at the weekend and uh, a bit off form, I, I, I believe. So, um, yeah, we get a win there and then beat them at home. And then, uh, then the next two, the remaining two games against um, Bucharest away and um, well, it'll be Silkborg at home, won't it? Um, we'll be pretty non-existent games because we would have already finished top of the group which i think would be perfect because it means we can rest most of the players and mm. give the likes of you know connor coventry flynn downs a few players like that a chance to actually get some games in as well so i hope mm. we go there and get a good result and I, and I think we will yeah i'm confident um you're right they're not doing very well domestically they're 10th in their division which for Anderlecht is a bit of an eyebrow raiser really they've only i think got four wins from 10 so it'll be interesting to see how they perform against us that's for sure but no looking forward to the trip as always it'll be a, it'll be a good crack um it's Fulham at home next in the Premier League. And football's a funny old game, isn't it? Because if we win and other results go our way, we can find ourselves in the top 10. And then we're saying, crisis? What crisis? Yeah, and, and that is the thing with football. And that's why people need to be less reactionary. I think, you know, there's always, you know, one loss and a couple, or a couple of bad performances. Oh, it's doom and gloom. Got to get rid of the manager. Oh, my God, can't believe how bad we are. But it, you're right. You get a couple of results the other way and um, and you're sorted. I mean, the good thing about this season as well is aside from maybe three teams, and that's Manchester City, Arsenal and Tottenham, even though Tottenham lost at the weekend, those three, they don't, and it's going to be obviously difficult to predict a little bit with Chelsea, but the the rest of the teams from those teams below are very, very inconsistent at the moment. So therefore, it is much easier to climb the table. You know, Manchester United look like they've got a bit of form. They're going to get battered. I know it's against Man City, but they were totally mm. outplayed. You know, Liverpool seems to be struggling a bit at the moment. Um, you know, the teams like... Uh, Villa, Everton, Forest, you go through all them, Southampton, you know, Newcastle even. It's quite hard to predict, and you, you don't know what's happened to Brighton now as well, predict results because the, they're so inconsistent at the moment that uh, actually that helps West Ham because if we can string a few wins together, and let's be honest, we've got Fulham next, Southampton after that, and then I think, uh, I think, is it Bournemouth after that, maybe? So really, um, we should be looking to get results against them. But then you've got Liverpool and Manchester United, which 
traditionally you'd think, mm-hmm. oh gosh, not don't fancy either of those. Mm-hmm. But on on this season's form, even Liverpool, you know, you, you never quite know. Brighton got a draw there this weekend, so so who knows? Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's um, it's a funny one, isn't it? Because I think even on this show, we've said that four of the next five games are winnable. But the season that Liverpool are having, I think we're only three or four points behind them now, actually. Mm. Um, and, you know, if they carry on with what's been a strange old season for them and we nick a few wins before we meet them, maybe, maybe we could be looking at five wins from five. Can you imagine that? Five wins from five, and then we're looking at a fucking record-breaking season all of a sudden. That's mm. what I mean. It is a funny old game, but obviously five from five is a big ask. But um, it does go to show that football does throw up some some interesting results sometimes, and uh, it is a jog, not a sprint. But let's find out a little bit more about the Cottagers. <laughs> Fulham are the oldest club in London and were formed in 1879 as Fulham St Andrews Church Sunday School and when they changed to just Fulham they had to lose their club nickname which was the Saints. Their first ever stadium was called the Half Moon and they played there from 1891 to 1895. Fulham originally wore a red and white kit inspired by their London neighbours Arsenal. Fulham turned to black and white kits from 1903. Henry Norris, who acted as chairman of Fulham through the early 1900s, rejected an offer to relocate Fulham to where Stamford Bridge lies today. The man who tabled the offer, Gus Mears, subsequently formed Chelsea Football Club. The original cottage of Craven Cottage was built in the 18th century to house William Craven, and it was located in what would be the centre circle of today's stadium. The surrounding woodland was part of Anne Boleyn's hunting grounds. Fulham have never won a major trophy. They've only ever won the Football League Division 1, 2 and 3, and the Intertoto Cup. Fucking hell, we thought we had it bad. There was once a statue of Michael Jackson at Craven Cottage, but this was removed by the current owner Shahid Khan back in 2013. Famous fans include Hugh Grant, Tim Henman, Daniel Radcliffe, Piers Brosnan and Eminem. Not sure about that one. Right, it's time to get the latest from X, but before we do, earlier on I caught up with Tom Skinner from Bosch Beds, who wanted to share some exciting news about his latest project. Hello, you beautiful people. Right, now listen, as you know, I've got Bosch Beds, Bosch mattresses, Bosch headboards, I've got Bosch golf clubs, Bosch coffee, uh, Bosch gym, Bosch recruitment. Now, really exciting announcement, right? We are going to be opening up Bosch brain surgeries, yeah? So basically what that means is if you've got any type of problem with your brain, yeah, be it aneurysms or you're epileptic or you've got brain tumour, come down to Bosch brain surgeries and we will open you up, right, for the best price in the country. No one else will match us. If they do, you come and speak to me directly and I'll beat it again, right? We will open you up. We'll put you in the hands of some of the greatest people I know. And they're no mugs. I mean, we're talking about people that left school with GCSEs and they will literally have a look at your brain and hopefully, for a very competitive price, they will let you leave without the problem that you came to us with. Right? So, we open up Monday. We've got Ryland opening up the brain surgery. And we look forward to seeing you then. Abash! Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.